Another day, another episode of Get A Better Broadcast, Podcast and Voice Over Voice with me, Peter Stewart. Tweeter Stewart on Twitter, T-W-E-T-E-R-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Bit of a sidebar today, we kind of mentioned this yesterday about pop screens or pop filters. Uh, so I just thought I'd spend a couple of three minutes just talking you through the two different kinds of these. They work the same way by either displacing or slowing down the flow of air to make it less aggressive on a microphone head. So that flow of air could be from Mother Nature. Uh, so outside, maybe in uh, uh, a stadium or in wild weather conditions, if you're an on-the-scene reporter or something like that. Or maybe in a studio where you've got the potential popping of plosives uh, from your mouth. Those P and B sounds that we mentioned uh, yesterday. Uh, and those... Uh, the, the the plosives, yeah, the pops, with uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled pepper, and so on. A couple of different types of pop filter. First of all, there's the, the foam hat that goes directly on the mic head to protect it from wind blasts, usually seen on outside mics. But the microphone experts, Neumann, say these can reduce the treble part of a voice slightly, which, of course, is great if you've got a slightly uh, deeper voice, then it could make your voice slightly deeper still. There's also the filter that's a ring of plastic or metal, which holds a couple of layers of thin metal mesh or gauze-type fabric. And that's actually attached to the mic stand a couple of three inches away from the mic itself to work effectively, not directly against the head. And I've got a video of that linked to it in our show notes today to show you exactly where you can put it. It's also a good idea to angle the pop screen slightly to avoid sound reflections bouncing between the screen and the mic head directly. Now, for a similar reason, large pop screens are better than smaller ones because the ring that holds the fabric may introduce sound reflections too. So the larger the pop screen, the further away the outer ring is actually from the microphone. Now, these screens are much more effective against pop noises from plosives than foam shields, and they affect the sound far less, although they can be a little bit intrusive because they're larger than the mic head, and you may not be able to read a script as easy or or simply feel that it's getting in the way of you connecting with the microphone. So bear those in mind. Are you going to be using a foam one or are you going to be using a one of those ring gauze type filters instead? Different case studies, different reasons for why you may use both of those. Now, if you're asking me what I'm using here in my studio, I actually use one of those foam ones. Scratching it there on the microphone head for you, just because I find that it works better for me, my acoustics, my sound, my voice, how I use it as well in the situation. Uh, I tried using one of the uh, the round uh, gauze type ones, but felt that it was getting in the way a little bit meant that I couldn't see the scripts that I was reading quite as well, had to dodge my head to one side, therefore was going off mic a little bit, and I prefer these. But horses for courses, you pays your money and you takes your choice. Okay, back tomorrow with more. Tomorrow's episode, yeah, it's the final of our microphone muck-ups. And we're talking about sibilance on the show tomorrow, as Get A Better Broadcast Podcast and Voice Over Voice continues. From London, I'm Peter Stewart. <laughs>